It's the 1st of December 2021 and predictably governments around the world have now got a new variant of the rebranded flu to use as a weapon in their fear campaign. Despite the fact that the South African doctor who raised the alarm thinks the symptoms of the moronic variant of the Covid bug are mild, governments everywhere are screaming, abandon ship, grab your life belts, it's time for Doris and idiots first. The new variant, they say, with absolutely no evidence, will by coincidence cause all the terrible things such as heart attacks and blood clots, which are also associated with the Covid-19 jabs. Isn't that a huge coincidence? It is impossible to avoid the conclusion that they either invented or simply exaggerated the symptoms of this apparently mild variant in order to cover up the rising flood of heart attacks, clots, neurological problems and the other awful adverse events resulting from the Covid jabs. This whole fraud is now unbelievably evil and those perpetrating the fraud cannot ever be forgiven. They have allegated the Covid jab side effects to the variant to detract from the problem associated with the jabs and to increase the public's fear of the new variant. This is worse, far worse even than the lies told about weapons of mass destruction that provided the excuse for the Iraq war. And I didn't think anything could be worse than that. Patrick Henningsen of 21st Century Wire sent me details of a science fiction movie released in 1963 called Omicron. It's about an alien taking over the body of an Earthman. If they move fast, they should get the DVD re-released before the new jab comes out. Patrick also sent me an item from the Washington Post in which two writers talk about the possibility of Omicron ripping through Western capitals. Though later on they admit that it's too early to tell how virulent it may be. Not too early for the hyperbole though. Let's get the scare going before it becomes clear that there's no need for panicky journalism that would have embarrassed Sunday sport and those supermarket tabloids in America. We're being programmed to be fearful and the narrative mustn't pause for a second. The huge crowd which attended the England versus South Africa rugby match and who had to have two jabs and a test to get in through the gate must now be tested again in case one of the asymptomatic South Africans brought the virus with them. There are doubtless fears that the bug might have stuck itself to the ball and been transmitted into the, into the crowd that way. Just what are they testing for and how many cycles are they using? It's impossible to believe anything they tell us. Still, once you wander into the realm of science fiction, anything is possible. Doubtless the Daleks will be arriving a week on Tuesday. The BBC has completely lost touch with reality. A couple of days ago they had a list of five things we need to know about Covid. The number five on their list was that a group called Steps had had to cancel their tour. It seems to me that the BBC has ignored the important facts about Covid since the beginning. That's presumably what their financial partner Bill Gates wants them to do. If someone tells the truth on the BBC they get fired and BBC broadcasts an apology. Never mind, you and I were expecting it all. The next step will be a suggestion that the unvaxxed will have to be locked up to save Christmas. In reality, of course, it should be those who have been jabbed who should be locked up for their own safety. It's perfectly possible that the jab or jabs they've had will make them more vulnerable to any new variation of the rebranded flu 
and to other infections. Remember pathogenic priming that I warned you about? The immune systems of the jabbed will be concentrating on the original version of the rebranded flu, so they'll be less able to deal with any new variety or any other infection. And of course, they'll be less able to deal with the flu. There are going to be a good many deaths this winter, I'm afraid, thanks to the COVID jabs and the closed-down hospital departments and GP surgeries. Governments won't blame the jabs or the health profession, of course. They'll lie and blame the new variety and insist that everything would be fine if we'd all just accept endless versions of the COVID jab. Back in July, I said this. Within weeks, they'll tell us that the disease is coming back, and as I predicted months ago, they'll say the flu is coming back. They'll say it's our fault that they have to introduce new laws. As I've been predicting for months, they'll blame those sensible enough to have refused to be jabbed. Mandatory masks, mandatory jabs, mandatory business closures, mandatory social distancing, a ban on protests and demonstrations. That's what we can expect, close quotes. That was back in July. Some politicians are now saying that the existing jab will work with the new variant. Given what they tell us, that seems barking. But barking is what they do best. And after all, it didn't work with the old COVID, so not working with the new variant means that it's just as efficient as it ever was. Amazingly, I heard one politician warn that those who've been jabbed may be more susceptible to the new Omicron variant because of the way their immune systems have been changed. And then he went on to suggest that everyone should now have their booster jab. Inevitably and predictably, they're working on new jabs which will be ready shortly after Christmas. The gullible will need two more of those and a booster. How much testing will they do? Some? A little? None at all? The only certain result is that drug company profits will soar, GPs will be earning so much that they'll cut their working week to an hour every alternate Thursday, in some areas, that'll probably be an improvement. It's slightly comforting, however, to hear that dozens of GP practices have opted out of giving the COVID jabs at all. That's cheering. And from what I've read, I reckon there are now 5 million people in the UK who are steadfast in their insistence that they'll never accept the deadly jab. But, as usual, instead of debate or discussion, they'll hide, lie, suppress, demonise and threaten those who don't do as they're told. As it's been for nearly two years, this is a propaganda war and a media war. The sad and ignorant folk who accept the jabs and the vax passports are selling themselves into eternal servitude, and I reckon most of them will be lucky to live another five years. I'll explain why in a future edition of my Wednesday Review I'm still working on my forecasts for the jab, but it's not looking pretty. Meanwhile, the new variant will provide an excuse for the deaths caused by the jabs. It will increase the fear and provide an excuse for more lockdowns. And it'll give them a reason to start a new jabbing programme in the new year. It'll give them a reason to bring the masks back big time, even though it's been pretty well admitted that masks are being promoted merely to encourage fear and compliance. Here's what Neil Ferguson is quoted as having said, open quotes, Wearing masks reminds people that we're not completely out of the woods yet, close quotes. I seem to remember, by the way, that a load of government advisers were saying in the summer that we were near the end. That was all part of the psychological ploy. The truth 
is that people who wear masks are selfish collaborators. Moreover, they don't give a damn for the welfare of children and babies who need to see human faces to develop properly. That's all been proven beyond doubt. And of course, since mask wearing will damage their own health, the mask wearers are selfish because they'll become a burden on their country's healthcare system. As I've previously proved, masks cause bacterial pneumonia and cancer. If you haven't already done so, download my free book, Proof That Masks Do More Harm Than Good, and share it widely. It's available on www.vernoncoleman.com and www.vernoncoleman.org, and doctors around the world have found it useful. It's full of facts and scientific papers. You need to argue against mask wearing. I usually in ignore the fact-checkers since they're about as honest and as reliable as Madge Hancock, and the whole fact-checking business is a well-remunerated farce. Thousands of greedy nerds with laptops have set up fact-checking sites and obtained huge sums of money from organisations desperate to defend the lies. Most of the fact-checkers get some, most or all, of their money from Facebook, Google, YouTube and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I have never yet seen a fact-checker who finds against a government or drug company. Seems to me they rarely or never actually check any facts, they rarely if ever check with the people they're criticising and they often, usually or always, know the conclusion before they start. The fact-checkers are, like the BBC and the rest of the mainstream media, disinformation specialists. However, because fact-checkers are forcing themselves into the public eye, I've been looking at three who published material about me in the last few days, after my recent video about heart problems and the jabs. The results of the trial that I spoke about, which was described in my video, video entitled Finally Medical Proof the Covid Jab is Murder, should have halted the Covid jab experiment. Proper, ethically responsible doctors and medical advisors would have stopped the trial immediately when that abstract I quoted from appeared. Even if cause and effect aren't proven, you stop the experiment and you look carefully especially if the treatment is clearly not vital. When you see masses of evidence showing a link between a medication and sudden deaths and illnesses, you stop the treatment. That's what doctors have always been taught. And you put all the evidence together. The fact is that no one can deny that the Covid jabs are causing a massive increase in heart problems, clots and deaths. The jabs are causing infinitely more harm than good and should be stopped now. And take a look at the video I published on Monday the 29th of November called Evidence That They Knew The Covid Jab Will Kill Thousands. Sorry, Evidence Pfizer Knew. It's about what Pfizer knew about their jabs back in February 2021 and it contains all the proof that anyone needs that these jabs aren't part of a medical program. They're part of a political program of genocide. But they aren't stopping, of course. Indeed, Instead, the evidence is being crushed, suppressed, and those calling attention to the truth are being demonised. And the self-styled fact-checkers are supporting and promoting the corporate lies which are leading us towards digital passports and the choice between enslavement, apartheid and ghetto. A website called Lead Stories, which claims to be, it could be Lead Stories, which claims to be a Facebook third-party fact-checking partner and a member of something called the Coronavirus Facts Alliance comes first in my little list here. Their top two main funding sources for 2020 were, wait for it, 
Facebook and Google and something called Bite Dance. They also receive money from the Coronavirus Facts Alliance, but they admit that most of the bulk of their revenue comes from Facebook. Who are those various organizations? Well, the Coronavirus Facts Alliance is run by the International Fact Checking Network, IFCN, at the Pointer Institute in the United States, which works through the Craig Newmark Center for Ethics and Leadership, which was made possible by a generous grant from Craig Newmark Philanthropies. And Craig Newmark is the bloke who set up a Craigslist. Seems to me to be a very pointy prayer and pyramid. Byte Dance is apparently a Chinese internet tech company headquartered in Beijing and domiciled in the Cayman Islands. I can tell you no more, and you're probably happy to hear that. The writer of the piece that leads stories was not, as you might hope, a professor of cardiology, or even a doctor, or even a nurse, but it's a woman called Alexis Tereskuk, who spent over a decade breaking hard news and celebrity scoop with something called Radar Online and a magazine called US Weekly. As the entertainment editor, she apparently investigated Hollywood stories and conducted interviews with A-list celebrities and reality stars. She's apparently known for her work on The Gossip Queens and Most Shocking Reality TV Moments. US Weekly, where she previously worked, or may still for all I know, is obviously not a medical journal. Their top headline this week is, William and Kate staying with Harry and Meghan in US would be lose-lose. So that's as good as a medical training any day. Alexis claims that I give no medical proof that COVID-19 jab is murder. She says that the abstract from which I quoted does not make claims of deaths from the COVID vaccine and nor does it assert that COVID vaccines should be halted. That's entirely true. She got something right. I interpreted and commented on the evidence. That's what I do and it's what I've been doing for over 50 weary years. She then goes on to say that, quote, their preliminary experiment shows an increase in endothelial inflammatory markers. Now, the key word here is experiment, which I'm glad she quotes, and the point she perhaps doesn't understand. Despite that background of interviewing reality TV stars and celebrities, is that when serious problems appear with an experiment, you should look seriously, and if there's also evidence of deaths, then you stop the experiment. This same woman also previously criticised a video in which I proved conclusively that COVID-19 in the UK has a mortality rate similar to the flu. But as proof for her assertion, she says that the number of people who died in the United States from COVID-19 was 594,000 as of May the 31st, 2021 which, she says, is almost 10 times as many as died in the 2017-18 flu season. Now, this is utterly bizarre. First, the word from. Has she suspect mixed this up with the word with? Both are four-letter words, so that's understandable. Second, she's comparing lemons to sandals. I wrote about UK figures, and she's using United States figures. Third, her figure of 594,000 is generally recognised as being a massive exaggeration, because of the habit of putting people down as dying from COVID when they also had comorbidities and died with, uh, yeah, with COVID. Fourth, she's comparing the total from the end of 2019 to the end of May 2021. That's nearly 18 months, and she's comparing it with a six-month flu season, which she selected. And fifth, why did she pick the figures for 2017-2018? 
Maybe Alexis should go back to writing about minor royals and reality television. Maybe Facebook's got the money these days, though. Next, there's something called Logically, which says it is a technology technology company with one of the world's largest, largest dedicated fact-checking teams. But then, to paraphrase, paraphrase Mandy Rice Davis, they would say that, wouldn't they? The majority shareholder of Logically is someone called Lyric Jane, who is 25 years old and describes himself as a serial entrepreneur. Logically also secured funding from Massachusetts Institute of Technology through an investment grant which supports student-founded business. Mr. Jane is the only person with significant control of this fact-checker logically. He says he used his own bootstrapped savings, whatever that is, private equity money, though I don't know where from, and money from the fairly small family business of Eliza Tinsley, which sells fencing ropes, gate fittings and straps and ties. The registered office for which is in Wensbury in England. It's a private limited company which wholesales office machinery and hardware and plumbing and heating equipment. The company profits for the year ended the 30th of July 2020 were 1,019,382. Someone called R. Jane signed the director's report, but I can't find Lyric Jane listed. Logically is variously said to have 90, 70 or 25 fact checkers and several in-house journalists. I couldn't really confirm any of that. The fact-checking team was said to be in India. It's difficult to find more. Curiously, Jane um, Lyric doesn't seem to have a Wikipedia page, which he's no doubt very pleased about, though he is said to be keen on improving civic discourse. That's nice. Logically describes me as, open quotes, a noted spreader of health misinformation, which is about as libelous as you can get, and complains that the abstract which I quoted the heart, uh, heart disease um, and the jab quote abstract, which I quoted, contains several typographical errors. So there we go. If I thought Lyric had enough money to make it worthwhile, I'd sue, logically. I'd win very easily, but I'd probably end up with a huge legal bill at the end of it, which wouldn't be much fun. Logically complains that the sample size of the um, survey which I quoted consists of 566 people and that's extremely small. This will come as a surprise to drug companies. I've seen studies published on a hundredth of that. I've actually seen drugs put on the market with no human experimentation at all, just animals. The report was written by Ernie. No idea of name or qualifications. There's no list of writers or their backgrounds that I could find on the Logically website. Now, Ernie has also written, this is Ernie the fact-checker, has also written a fact-checking report attacking the idea that people wearing face masks breathe in more carbon dioxide. His or her evidence, and who knows these days, is that carbon dioxide molecules are much smaller than the holes in masks, and so the carbon dioxide goes through easily, so there's nothing to worry about. This, in my view, is a really stupid argument, because the mask material is clearly still preventing most of the airflow. That seems to be it for Ernie. He doesn't quote any scientific papers. My free book on masks has scores of scientific references he could have looked at. And he doesn't seem to be aware of the scientific evidence showing that mask wearers end up with high carbon dioxide levels and low oxygen levels. Even Dr Fauci and Dr Witty agreed at the start of all this that the darned masks are no more than virtue signalling. Ernie gets naught out of ten for fact-checking, and he's merely helping to sustain the government's lies, in my view.
Masks, of course, are back in the news now. The authorities in the UK are forcing children to wear masks in corridors and public areas and sometimes in classrooms. These bizarre and dangerous rules mean that children will be taking their masks off, stuffing them into a pocket and then putting them back on again. This is a big no-no. Every mask that's taken off should be thrown away. I saw a video this week which showed a minister on the Isle of Man removing a mask and stuffing it into his trouser pocket. What's the betting that he took it out of his pocket and put it back again, put back on again afterwards? The ignorant often point to mask-wearing surgeons, say it must be okay because they wear them. What they don't mention is that surgeons don't necessarily wear masks, and when they do wear them, they do so in a climate-controlled environment. They never touch their faces while wearing masks. Masks are removed and replaced every two hours at most, and once a mask removes, it never put on again. Logically has an office in London at 12 Soho Square, which is one of those buildings where you can rent offices by the square foot. I checked out the building, but I couldn't find any mention of logically. I'm sure they're in there somewhere. And I saw a third fact checker. There were doubtless many more, of course. This one was called the Institute for Strategic Dialogue. They have wonderful names, don't they? ISD, which has a headline entitled How Facebook's Failure to Remove False Content Allows COVID-19 Misinformation to Spread. This report was written by Aof Gallagher, who was a or was a journalist with the online news agency Storyol, which I've never complained of, or Storyful or whatever, and has completed an MA in journalism from TU Dublin. She spells journalism with a capital J, which is nice. TU Dublin is Technological University Dublin. She seems to me from her posts to perhaps maybe have a bit of a pro-vaccine outlook, but hey, I could be wrong. Aoff studied the World Doctors Alliance on Facebook and words like false information appeared. The WDA, the World Doctors Alliance, is an organisation of which I'm a member. It's a group of several thousand medical people, probably infinitely more qualified than all the world's fact-checkers put together. According to this fact-checker, WDA apparently has 550,000 followers on Facebook, and I'm guessing Aoff doesn't think that's a good thing. But if she does have a pro-vaccine outlook, perhaps that isn't the best starting point for an independent fact-checker. Anyway, ISD grew out of the club of three, apparently, and they have a list of funders, and the top names on the list, which may be alphabetical and probably is, is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. ISD also received money from Facebook, Google and Microsoft and YouTube, the UK Home Office, the US State Department and the United Nations. Just how you can claim to be an independent fact checker when your income comes from people like that is a mystery to me. There's one thing that's odd. ISD has a graph of followers of Facebook pages associated with the World Doctors Alliance to show the influence the WDA and its followers have on Facebook. Now, I'm number six on the list, which is odd and a bit of a mystery to me because I don't have a Facebook page and I've never been on Facebook. They banned me from joining in the spring of 2020 saying that I was a threat to their community. I'm not allowed on any social media. Still... They're the fact-checkers. After what's been happening over the last few days with threats and lies and lies and threats pouring out of the mouths of politicians and their advisers, I tried to think of worse places to be than in the UK at the moment. And I quickly managed to cheer myself up. I might cheer you up too. I could be in a spaceship, so could you, travelling to Mars with a seemingly sanctimonious and apparently self-satisfied Harry, Harry and Meghan as my only companions. 
After ten minutes without a photographer to record their loneliness, they'd probably kill me and eat me. It would be a relief. Or I could be on a cruise, compelled to sit each day and listen to lectures by Tony Would I Lie to You Blair and Klaus Anil Schwab explaining their vision for the world. Or I could be on a bus, one of those with the seats too close together, sitting with my knees pressed into my eyeballs and listening to George Clooney sat next to me, alternately trying to sell me coffee pot things and Covid jabs. Oh yes, things could be much worse. Thanks for watching An Old Man in a Chair. And thanks to Brand YouTube and to Mohammed Butt. Please subscribe to my channel on Brand YouTube and spread my videos about on other platforms such as Rumble, Brighteon Odyssey and BitChute. My thanks to everyone who does this. Please do translations too. All the papers and so on that I refer to can easily be found on the internet. If I give you all the links, I'll never do anything else. We do put up transcripts of the videos on both websites and when possible we add important links. Sadly, I like to sleep occasionally just for an hour or two. Unfortunately, I have no choice but to disable comments on videos. My comments get repeatedly hacked, which means that I have to spend a great deal of time looking at them. And with so many videos and so many comments, it's a choice, videos or comments. I can't do both. Also, with the effective new system recently in place on Brand YouTube to stop money and sex bots appearing all over the place, I now have to tick each comment in order for it to be published. Very sensible, but more often than not I suffer from fat finger syndrome and I delete comments by mistake, which inevitably upsets people. I don't want to upset anybody except for governments, drug companies, the medical establishment and Doris, all desperately trying to take away our freedoms. Having to check the comments also meant that I had to see a good, de a good many nasty, abusive comments, which the, you, the viewers, didn't see. So in order not to upset my lovely subscribers, preserve what's left of my sanity and find time to do more videos, I've just disabled the comments. I'm sorry about that and thank you to all those who've left kind comments on previous videos. Before I disabled comments, I did see a rather upsetting and unnecessarily nasty complaints that I don't have an email address for messages and must therefore be snooty or a bad person in some way. There's been an explanation for this on vernoncolman.com for years, but the fact is that I was getting 3,000 emails a day from one website email address and it was impossible to deal with them. I'm sure some people can deal with 3,000 often lengthy emails a day, often requiring complicated answers, and then research, write and record videos as well. But I'm afraid I can't. So actually also many of the emails weren't getting through properly. So I never saw some of them and that probably annoyed people too. I have no public email address, not for readers, press or anywhere else. For the record, this channel has not been monetized. None of my videos ever has been. No ads, no sponsors and no requests for funds on videos or websites. Please don't forget to watch my friend Dr. Colin Barron's amazing videos, which are always entertaining and always pertinent. And visit his website too, www.colinbarron.co.uk. Read the light paper for all the news considered too truthful to print by the mainstream media and visit standinthepark.org which will give advice on how and where to stand in a park. Please visit my own websites, vernoncolman.org and vernoncolman.com. vernoncolman.com is a bit more old-fashioned. It's got hundreds of articles on animal issues and stuff. There are free books on both sites and brand new stuff's added every weekday. 
unless we miss one. There are hundreds of original articles to read and the feature detailing vaccine damage is updated every week. Vernal Coleman's Wednesday Review will, God willing, appear every Wednesday at 7pm. If it doesn't, then either something's happened to me or the video has been suppressed, as has so much of my work these days. The truth has never been so unpopular. Fact is that within a few months it will be illegal to say anything critical about vaccines of any kind and it will be a criminal offence to share the truth about science. I'm not joking, that's real. They've been planning this for years and they are at last reaching the horrifying point where there won't need to be any book burning because there won't be any books to burn. Finally, although it may feel like it at times, please remember, you are not alone. More and more people are waking up and once they're awake, they don't go back to sleep. If we're going to win this war, then we have to fight hard and with determination and passion and the truth. Distrust the government, avoid mass media, and fight the lies. Thank you for watching An Old Man in a Chair. Oh, and one more thing. We all need to pray for the truth to be shared by the many and not just by the, flu by the few. Whatever your religion, you need to pray because the people running this fraud Respect only lies. But in the way that vampires fear sunlight, they fear the truth. It's your government's greatest enemy and our only weapon. Thank you again.